Hello, church family. This is part two of our study this week in Exodus chapter five. If you remember this whole lesson um, from Monday, we talked about how uh, the Israelites, um, they, or rather Aaron and Moses, did exactly what God told them in terms of um, doing the signs and commanding uh, Pharaoh to let God's people go. And uh, you would think, and I think most people rightly would think that, well, if God told me to do this and gave me the supernatural signs, then the natural result is that they will listen. Uh, but as we saw on Monday, that that's not the case. Uh, Pharaoh and, um, yeah, basically Pharaoh saw this as just the Israelites were just trying to be rebellious and be lazy. And in the end, uh, they had to have them you know, do more work uh, because of what Aaron and Moses said basically made them made life harder for them and this was not something that they expected they thought that well if god was supernaturally giving them this directive that means that everything just goes smoothly and i argue that during the time um in our life when we think about ministry there's bound to be disappointments uh when we're particularly in evangelism when we're evangelizing to people uh there are chances and times in our life where people will just hear what we have to say and then reject what um, uh, the things that we say. But in reality, ultimately, they are just rejecting the Lord. And that's the lesson that we're going to look at today, when unbelievers doubt. Um, we see this in the first nine verses of chapter five. In the beginning of this chapter, it says, like, thus says the Lord, and I, and it's, and I shared how this is actually the very first time where there's like a prophetic text where God told uh, his prophet or his priest or anyone to speak on his behalf. So he's speaking on God's behalf. He's saying this, like, thus it let my people go that they may celebrate feasts to me in the wilderness. Um, and, you know, that's just a really the lesson there when we think about as we evangelize to people, when we share the gospel to people, it must always be from God's word. I think sometimes, uh, you know, generally if you can, you can you know, have your Bible with you and you know, share the gospel with them. But if, you can, if you're unable to do that, then yes, then at least make sure that everything that you say is, is, is actually, that you can actually make a reference to um, or like point to scripture. Uh, it, may, it may not be physically in front of them, but if you can at least, the more saturated your mind is with God's word, the more you're able to actually speak what God's word has to say. And, and this is important for us because sometimes when, when we're doing evangelism, people will ask questions that are, that, that are like secondary issues or even tertiary or even just practical ministry. They have nothing to do with the actual gospel itself. Um, and you have to be discerning enough to understand what are actually in the Bible and what are things that are just opinion. Um, and there are a lot of godly opinions that have kind of made itself into the normal uh, church life. Um, but sometimes these things are just opinions that they're not actually in Scripture. Uh, I think I shared at one point that I thought the phrase uh, godliness is next to cleanliness. I thought that phrase was actually in the Bible. I thought it was like, it must be somewhere in the Proverbs or something or in some part of the book that I don't, that part of the Bible I'm not familiar with, only to find out later on when I grew up, when I got older, it's like, oh, that's not actually in the Bible. That's just some pithy statement for from Christians to say to other Christians when they're just trying to encourage them to clean their rooms or, you know, have a more disciplined life. And there are those type of things that are in the, even in the American mind that sounds like Christianity, but it's actually not actually from the Bible. So you want to always speak when you're sharing the gospel that is, this is what, well, this is what the Bible has to say. And again, this is part of our preparation time when we're, you know, we're hearing God's word on Sunday or Sunday school or, 
whatever type of ministry that you're in where you're absorbing God's word, you want to um, acquire knowledge, not just for the sake of, mainly first for your edification, but also for the sake of defending the faith, that you can give a defense for the hope that you have within you. The more you learn about God's word, the more you internalize so that when someone asks a question about a particular text or topic, you're able to explain from the scripture, thus says the Lord. So, uh, Moses and Aaron did, did that. They said, thus says the Lord. And the response Pharaoh said in verse 2 is that, who is the Lord? Who is this God? Who is Yahweh that I should obey his voice and let Israel go? Again, if you were Aaron and Moses, you'd think that, oh man, I did not think that he was going to respond this way. Even though technically God did say that he's going to harden his heart, he's going to make Pharaoh rebel against him. But the, understand that the non-believer, the unbeliever's doubt is going to cause them to respond in this way. All non-believers are going to ask, who is the Lord? And again, the the part about this, who is that I should obey his voice to uh, to obey his voice. This is a very common thing that non-believers will say, uh, especially in our pluralistic culture. It's more like, which God are you talking about? Similar to, I guess, what Pharaoh is saying, like, who, which God are you talking about? Uh, there's all these different gods in the, uh, that's that is in quote unquote existence, uh, but who's telling me to let the Israelites go? He's and and this response is normal to the unbeliever. Uh, and we have to just expect that, that there's going to be unbelievers that doubt. And again, in our evangelism, when we share the gospel faithfully, people aren't going to understand it. And we shouldn't be surprised by that. Um, 1 Corinthians chapter 1. This is a familiar passage to us. 1 Corinthians 1 chapter, chapter 1 verse 18. It says, uh, For the word of the cross is foolish to those who are perishing, but to those who are being saved it is the power of God, and later in chapter 2, verse 14, but a natural man does not accept the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, and he can not understand it because they are spiritually appraised. And this is the reality of the non-believer. They are spiritually appraised. That means that they're dead in their sin. Uh, that's why Jesus said we need new life, because um, without new life, you can't understand the things of the Lord. And all of us were like this. All of us, before we came to saving faith, we even hear God's word, whether it's like um, preaching or, or someone saying something to us. We, our natural tendency is to ask this question, who is God that I need to listen to him, that I need to obey his voice. Uh, but un unbelievers, uh, they, are, they are like that. And again, we shouldn't be surprised when unbelievers reject the word of God because they are dead in their sin. Um, there's no way for them to understand fully. That's why when, whenever you talk to a non-believer, the main thing you want to just make sure that they understand is the gospel. There's no point arguing how all the animals got into Noah's Ark. It doesn't matter how, uh, you know, questions they have regarding gender. If you can answer all of those things biblically and accurately, they will still not listen to you because their heart is not for God. Only the gospel, when they place their faith in Jesus Christ, that's the only way that they'll understand any of the things that we share in scripture. And you have to understand that, like, that's, that's how it begins, right? Like, we, we listen to God only because we love God. And when we love God, that changes our understanding of Scripture, which then, which then impact the way that we live. Uh, and now, this isn't to say that we, when we evangelize, we should be cold, we should be passionate, we should be pleading with them, and we should always be, you know, continually praying for them and, and use any opportunity we can to, to share the gospel and to speak the truth in a very humble and loving way. And we hope that God will change their hearts, but we also understand that if they do not change, that they are it is because they're dead in their sins. Much like the story here in Exodus chapter 5, the reason why Pharaoh did not listen to Moses, or ultimately did not listen to God, is because he was not a worshiper of God.
he doesn't know, he doesn't care to know more about God. He just, uh, his, his response is to, to, per, to, to punish and hurt those that, um, that want to follow the Lord. And again, um, that's the unbelievers' response, is that they'll, they'll, they'll respond in doubt and skepticism. And this is something that we should not be surprised by. This should be something that breaks us and makes us sad, um, but it should not, we should not be surprised when non-believers reject um, the Word of God. So that's today's lesson. This is a very short lesson about how yeah, unbelievers doubt. And when we deal with that, if we understand that, um, that we won't be moved or, or moved to discouragement um, because we understand that people reject God not because of you necessarily, because they reject him first and foremost. They reject him, therefore they reject his word. Uh, and I hope that this is helpful for you in the context of evangelism, uh, when you're sharing the gospel with someone, that when they reject the gospel, they may reject it now, they may reject it later, but hopefully uh, the Lord will work in their hearts through you so that they can uh, come to saving faith one day. Thanks for listening to today's episode. On Friday, we'll look at what happens when believers doubt. You know, in times of ministry, when we're um, doing evangelism, we're doing ministry, things can go horribly wrong, and yet um, disappointments will rise, sometimes in the context of the church. Uh, but what happens when believers struggle with doubt? That's, that's going to be this Friday. Thank you for listening. Take care and have a good day.